your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. One in five of us in Limerick are worried that artificial intelligence will either impact or replace us in our jobs. Is this worry justified or is it just that human nature causes us to fear the unknown? Well, joining me on the line is computer science lecturer at the University of Limerick, Dr. Chris Exton. Good morning to you, Chris. How are you doing this Monday morning? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. The sun's just shining in as I speak, oh, so great. it's good. Oh, I'm in here in a studio <laughs> where I can't really see very much out there, so I'm delighted <laughs> to hear that because it was quite wet earlier this morning. Now, the vast majority of people in Limerick are expecting to receive a pay increase uh, in the next 12 months, according to this survey. It's a survey by FRS Recruitment. So that's the positive. But will the fear of AI mean they mightn't have a job to get an increase in? Uh, well, like all these things, right? There's a there's a uh, the, there's a little bit of fact in it, I suppose. I mean, um, it's that this. I mean, the constantly technology is changing, but we're at a, a another sort of jump point here, I think. And um, it's without question that um, it will change jobs around uh, the world, uh, and in, I include Limerick in the world too. So. There will be job changes. I do think, though, most technology changes always sort of have a human sort of social reaction where people get really scared because they're scared of change, right? Um, but with change comes uh, opportunities. Um, some jobs will be affected, uh, probably a lot of jobs in, in some ways, depending on what they are. Um, but there'll be new opportunities as well. I mean, um, I was just listening to um, a, a podcast about a, a totally new sort of job description, prompt engineering. And these are people that um, um, prompt um, uh, uh, AIs like ChatGPT, and it's a, a new type of, of job which is created by this. And all technologies, they change work, but they, they create new opportunities as well. So Just in simple terms, bigger. explain, what do you mean by prompt? Prompt engineering. So it's prompt is if you if you played around with Chat GPT, it's the prompt is where you type in your stuff. But there's a whole skill uh, and set to actually um, what sort of prompts, how to ask the AI for something, or how to describe something to the AI, so you get the best sort of output. And there's actually jobs beginning to sort of appear, which are AI. I wouldn't even call them AI experts, but people with a specific domain knowledge. So you might work in the travel industry or the legal industry or the this industry, and you you actually take your own domain experience and learn how to how to actually interact with the AI to get better or more concise uh, outputs. Yeah, uh, so prompt it's, it's engineering not part is of the job. problem with Google. That it does many things well, but when you ask a question you can get a, a huge range of responses on the search. And and that's true. And and there's all sorts of problems with it. I mean, the, we all need to come uh, come to terms with what this chat GPT, uh, uh, BARD, and all these other a, a, a similar LLMs sort of are, are going to give us. But... Um, because they're they're not really like a search engine that they they can they can actually give us back lies right they, they so we, we've got to and that's the first thing I think we chatted about that last time we were on we've got to take the assumption that we've got to 
Well, we've got to assume, I think, safely that what they're telling us is not fact. However, they are amazingly useful in a lot of areas. Um, and, you know, after you go through a certain amount of human oversight of what they produce, I think they'll be really helpful in the workplace. I, I don't think there's any doubt they'll be helpful in the workplace. Right. In my my own in my own little world, like they can generate source code, they they can write programs, and I know developers are using them now. So they're they're actually writing code for developers, and that code's being used. So uh, e- even in my own domain, <laughs> we're chatting to Dr. Chris Exton, who is a computer science lecturer at the University of Limerick. You know, and and I've been half joking over the last few weeks on uh, this show that um, I'll be replaced by artificial intelligence pretty quickly. Um, but in truth, what's to stop that? You know, I mean, the ability that it has um, to you know, interact even now on, on a human basis to the point that it could fool you into believing that you are talking to a person. Um, I don't think there's anything. Well, there's, there's two aspects to it. Um, technologically speaking, there's probably going to be nothing that can stop that. Um, I, I don't... You know, if you look from the industrial revolution, technology just rolls forward. Um, and in the past, there has been movements um, like the Luddites, you know, that have tried to stop technology moving forward because it's taken jobs. I, I don't think that's that's ever worked. So the technology is here and it's going to keep moving forward. What in terms of uh, and in terms of sort of replacing you, may, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Nobody could replace you, I suppose, is the right thing to say. But, you know, maybe we can actually have AI that that can sound perfectly like natural voice um, and can talk on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's, you, that's almost here. Yeah, you took your time with the compliments, but look, I, I'll concede that. Um, <laughs> but, but the only thing I would say is that, um, and maybe this is part of where the RTE controversy is coming from, that trust then is vital, isn't it? Um, across yes, industries, um, uh, including in media, that you know you can trust a brand to give you right. what you what they say on the tin. And this is the real this is the real crux, right? So the the technology is capable of a lot, and it'll it's like a lot of technologies. It's capable of good and bad. Um, I believe it's impossible to stop this. So the question is. How do we actually uh, uh, control or mitigate or ban or bar the bad aspects of it? Okay, because the good aspects are great, right? I mean, they, they, there's lots of fantastic um, uh, capabilities that AI will give us. Um, there's some that aren't so good, and it's mostly got to do with. Uh, if you hear a lot of the experts talking about it, it's got to do with how fast media can be generated um, uh, in terms of text and speech and now video. Um, and I go back to the, it, it sort of goes to government, both at the European level and, and at the Irish level. We really have to look at putting some um, laws in place um, or some sort of framework where, where we as a society need to know and trust what we're listening to. Um, because that, that information space which exists uh, out on the internet is already really polluted, but it's about to become a, a totally polluted information yeah. space. And, and what's interesting, Chris, is I know media organisations in the background are already trying to grapple with this. What AI can do versus what media should use it to do. Yeah, yeah. The, all these questions need to be asked. I mean, and I, 
suppose, I mean, I would think you have to go back to fundamentals about what your jobs are as journalists and whatever, and the truth and, you know, having balanced debate. But the the AI bit that scares me most of all um, isn't the fact that it's going to sort of uh, affect jobs, and it will. I mean, definitely it will. Uh, it'll also generate new jobs. It's it's mostly got to do with media uh, and how that's controlled, monitored, uh, and proofed. And, and the other so thing that, is, Chris, it, it feels like your regulators around the world took a long time to catch up with the social media revolution and all of it, its it, implications. Do you think that they will have learned something in getting ahead of or at least staying at the same pace as artificial intelligence? I, I think I think I, I think you're right. They're they're playing catch up. I think it's a very difficult game though because it's moving very fast. Um, like some months ago, um, I, I was reading an article about um, facial recognition, which was I think a little bit more on the, um, on the uh, in the press there a few months ago, uh, and I believe that in uh, San Francisco they had banned facial recognition um, in public areas which I thought was quite interesting because San Francisco is a, is a city that's full of these engineers that work in Silicon Valley. So it's it's probably a unique place in the world to look at their local legislation because a lot of the people there understand the technology. And I think it's it's really difficult for governments to keep up to date with how fast it's changing. But it's also essential that they do. Um, um, yeah. and, so, and, and interestingly enough, and it didn't relate specifically to AI, but it did relate to the power of CCTV cameras. We've had our own discussions locally about CCTV in public areas around Limerick City and uh, County, uh, and some of those cameras and some of their functions um, have been disabled while policies are developed in that respect. So it's definitely happening uh, everywhere. Um, but the San Francisco example is a really good one, uh, Chris. But I mean, the other thing is, of course, that as a consumer, I mean, one of the things that people often complain about is I'm kept on the phone forever before I can talk to somebody who yeah. can deal with my query. With artificial intelligence, then that delay would probably not happen at all if you accept Correct. that you're having a conversation that feels human and gets you the answer you need, but in actual fact, you are not talking to a human. Correct. I mean, generally speaking, this this movement is to, I mean, where the money is made for large companies that are in tech is they, they produce efficiencies. I mean, and we've seen efficiencies with technology for, well, hundreds of years now. And that's generally a good thing. Um I mean, I get a little bit worried when I, I hear people sort of talk about stealing jobs Um they do change the nature of jobs, but generally speaking, technology makes things better, generally speaking. Um, and, you know, if you get into one of these discussions where you sort of start removing technology and sort of think, wouldn't it be nice? You know, people forget about, you know, the, the, the thousands of people that labored down, you know, coal mines before they had huge drilling rigs. Um, there's a lot of jobs that were really terrible uh, and technology does them more efficiently, better, and saves humans' lives and, 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 uh, and You know, I mean, we're talking about this uh, relating to jobs this morning, but also, as you point out, the advantages of artificial intelligence. Um, at the extreme end, is it still a bit science fiction to be worried about, you know, the sentience of AI and, you know, the decision that 
in the end they will wipe out all humanity and that sort of stuff that some people talk about i think so i think i think that's the i mean i can't talk about the very 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 far future but that's not my worry at the moment that that's I mean, like I said, um, I, I like watching those movies, you know, uh, when Skynet, you know, becomes self-aware and starts a nuclear war. And that, I think that's that's out there and, and people like to sort of scaremonger about that. But that's not the real issue. The real issue is a, a little bit more mundane, a little bit more boring. And it's a bit more about an AI picking you up on a profile that it's picked up off, off the web and actually talking to you. Uh, through a chatbot trying to convince you of some political agenda or something else, and you think you're having a discussion with someone, but in fact it's feeding you, uh, 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 you know, AI-generated text that's individualized and unique to you. Yeah. And, um, and again, because it's, it's trying to sway you. One of the first places we're likely to see this, because this often happens in politics, is in U.S. presidential elections when new tech it's, really feeds into it. And, and th- th- we know we have a presidential election coming up in a little over 12 months. Uh, and there's where this might emerge politically. Oh, I think it already has. I mean, if if people are interested, take a look at Cambridge Analytica um, uh, and some of the the stuff that. that so it's it's already been used, I think. Um, um, and now it's going to be used more and more and more, and uh, especially in the U.S. elections, like there's a lot of money. So if you sit down, a lot of computer scientists and a lot of sociologists and psychologists, um, you all you need to do in a lot of these areas is just sway maybe two or three percent of the, the vote and if you can sway you know two or three percent then it can change the outcome of the whole election it's it's definitely there and it that at that level that's what i would be afraid of so i'm i'm more afraid of media um and and democracy than i am afraid of of computers sort okay. of taking over the world and cyborgs okay. running okay. around okay fascinating right well listen we'll certainly come back and talk to you about this again it's definitely emerged into people's minds publicly now you know experts maybe for two years have been flagging this but it didn't take off i think for a lot of people listening until the recent past when they realized wow this is powerful tech this ai uh, thanks to dr chris exton computer science lecturer at the university of limerick your views your news your limerick today with joe Nash.